Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Marilyn Townsend, and I would like to introduce Derek Field, running for Alder in District 3. As we begin, I'd like to give you an opening statement about the educational, vocational, and civic experience you have which qualifies you for this office and why you are running for Alder. Yeah, thank you, Marilyn. Um, so I am running for Alder in District 3 because my partner and I, we've been here for a couple of years now, and uh, these neighborhoods in this district are safe, they're beautiful, and they're affordable. Um, not many neighborhoods can say that around town anymore, and I'm running to keep them that way. Um, I have a bunch of experience in different policy areas including her human services policy through my professional experience. Um, some background on me, I grew up on my family's farm out in Blue Mounds, Wisconsin, uh, Western Dane County. And I came to Madison to attend UW as a first generation working class student, um, community organizing on campus, worked on a lot of different student issues with student orgs and the student government there, um, but lots of advocacy experience. And I leveraged all of that into studying my, for my master's degree in public affairs uh, there at the La Follette School of Public Affairs at UW. I've been a state employee for six years now in different human services roles, working in data and analytics. Um, I have a breadth of experience in a lot of what local governments do and a lot of the relationship with state government. Um, and I want to bring an analytics and data accessibility lens to my work in city government if I'm elected. Um, I'm very interested in how the city engages its citizens in decisions that they're making, and especially where there's in important information for citizens to understand when they're voting or when they're weighing in on decisions about utilities or other city services that we're getting um, here in the community. What actions or programs would you support to enhance public safety in Madison? And in particular, what is your position on the use of body cameras by Madison police officers? Yeah, so with the demonstrable through data rise in crime statistics in the community over the last few years, a lot of people are interested in this one. Um, I am really encouraged by the first year report by the Madison Cares Alternative Response Program here in town. They're successfully handling cases with patients on most calls. I believe it's 97% of calls, which shows a really promising first year of that model in operation. Um, I would really be interested in scaling up that form of emergency response, especially because I also understand that one of the biggest barriers for police officers is the amount of time that they're spending in emergency response and mental health related services. So that includes Along with programs or calls that CARES can respond to instead, it includes driving folks up to Oshkosh for the Winnebago Mental Health Facility. So I know that that's a discussion the community is having right now about how much that's taking officers time away from being out in the community and keeping us safe. And instead, they're doing lots of paperwork and then making drives to Oshkosh and then back transferring patients where we used to be able to handle that here in town with the Mendota Mental Health Facility. So I want to be able to um, work on seeing if we can authorize alternative service providers to make those transport trips. Um, I also will uh, commit to working with Eastside officers here um, over in the east side of Madison to understand where they see their barriers to keeping all of us safe too. Um, I know that they're, you know, really working to recruit the best and implement a community policing model. Um, so I'm eager to learn more about how that's working and how we need to adjust it too. Yeah. 
What do you see as the most important environmental issues the city needs to address? What would be your priorities for council action on these issues? Yeah, of course, a huge one is uh, the climate change and the crises that come from our climate changing. I think we need to build re climate resilience into our infrastructure, especially in how we're handling stormwater and heat mitigation strategies around neighborhoods, including over here on the east side. We don't have a lot of community spaces that could be available for cooling centers, for example, like other parts of the city have. Um, a really big one for me that I'm very interested in is the contamination of our water with PFAS. And so that's something that I applaud the uh, water utility for being transparent in their monitoring and publication of data where and when they find PFAS. So over here on the east side, we have Well 15, um, which is up by East Washington Avenue and serves, used to serve as a primary source of water, the Grandview Commons neighborhood out here in my district, up to 40%. Um, PFAS were detected in 2017, the well was taken offline in 2019, and the city is currently working on with engineers on a mitigation strategy to treat the water, remove PFAS, and bring that well back online. Um, that, that's not the only site. There are other areas of town that are struggling with PFAS contamination, as well as other industrial waste contamination down in the Starkweather-Atwood neighborhood, which is where my partner and I lived before we lived here, too. Um, so I see those as the biggest environmental concerns that are affecting all of us who turn on the tap because we're kind of at a point where we take the quality of our water for the water utility does a great job at keeping us safe and keeping that water safe but we need to maintain the community trust in our water so that we're not relying on commercially provided bottled water sources instead what is your position on increasing on increasing pay for alders yeah um you know i believe that Alder, the position of Alder should not be reserved for just privileged people. So I support the previous effort to put more salary in the budget. And I think those comments were highlighted really well by one of the other candidates for Alder in those budget discussions back in November. Um, that's Juliana Bennett, who is an advocate for raising pay there. And I do also understand the sensitivity around this issue because in a lot of cases, folks who are, have decided to run for Alder and are running, they don't necessarily need that, that extra pay bump. Where my perspective on this comes in is that I don't want that amount of money difference to make the difference between somebody being able to serve and not being able to serve. If you know they have a valuable perspective to bring to the city, um, I really don't want the, the salary issue to be the barrier that keeps them from being able to serve. What, if anything, do you think the city should be doing to support economic development? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are in a housing crisis in Madison. So we are, this is a very desirable community to live. We have a lot of people looking for housing, seeking housing and an undersupply. Um, since the great recession, we have not been able to add enough housing online to meet the demand. Um, a, a city press release in December projected a 70,000 person increase in Madison's population over the next 20 years. And so that means we we need a lot more housing. Um, we need to add some neighborhoods or to help uh, allow them to become denser. Um, I 
am hesitant to support more TIF funding for that purpose because in a housing crisis where so much money is chasing development, I'm not sure that deferred property taxes make as much sense now as they used to back when the city really needed to offer incentives to spur development. Um, so I'm interested in seeing the city allow more housing and maybe roll back restrictions on zoning, for example, to allow density or other uses for pieces of property parcels. Um, I'm not sure I am comfortable anymore with the deferring of taxes um, because with the opportunity cost of that money really adds up, um, especially over lots of projects and over time. Um, that's a lot of revenue that the city's foregoing that we could be putting to work. How do you see racial disparities impacting constituents in your district? And are there any actions the city should take to address them? Yes. Um, so I have quite a bit of experience working with data, academic achievement data, and student outcomes data in a former role of mine working for the state education agency, where I led a few projects that compared outcomes across target groups of students, including by their race, and worked directly with districts, um, including Madison Metro School District, to understand the practical implications of what's represented behind those gaps in the data, um, because it's it's easy to talk about rates, but those are actual children in classrooms that we're that we're discussing. Um, so practically speaking, I really think this is a huge challenge for our community. We have some really wide and unacceptable discrepancies in how white families and in particular black and indigenous families in this city, uh, in how their needs are met and in how safe they are. Our incarceration rates are unacceptable. Our homeownership rates are unacceptable. Graduation rates are unacceptable. Um, so I very much see this as an issue that needs to be a focal point of targeting city services. For me, that means geographically locating and targeting resources where these communities live in the city. And so out here in my district, that's a good example because the northern part of this district is a very diverse neighborhood with not a lot of access to community centers. They don't have a library nearby. Um, they have to leave the neighborhood and take bus lines that with infrequent service to the local, to the community center up in the Truax neighborhood. I believe that's the Madison uh, East Community Center. And so I've been reaching out to a couple of groups that offer housing and try to identify working families um, and including families of color for support in placing them in long-term and stable housing. And in this district, we have the family shelter down the street, down Milwaukee Street here. Um, so I want to also make sure that, you know, any, any families who need those services when they have capacity, and especially our families of color, that they have a place here in the neighborhood and that they're well served when they have kids by the schools over here in this neighborhood, too. So I've also connected with a school social worker in one of the schools that serves families in this district about how they're able to reach the kids in that shelter and all their kids of color who experience uh, housing insecurity over here in the neighborhood, because we really want to see those kids find permanent, stable housing. That's how our communities thrive. What are the most critical issues that you see facing the people in your district, and what would you do to address them? Yeah, I see the spiraling cost of housing as being one of those primary issues. A lot of the neighborhoods here in this district are made up of seniors living on a fixed income who want to age in place in the community where they've raised their kids and spent most of their lives. 
And that's harder every year as the cost of everything goes up, but in particular their housing and when their houses are appraised significantly higher. So there's a hypothetical benefit there um, when they sell their house, you know, it's worth more at that time. But in the meantime, they're paying higher and higher property taxes on the value of their house. And, you know, I think for especially those folks here in my district on the east side, we need to see some return for those increasingly expensive taxes. Um, so I'm looking to see how we can leverage city resources and the city budget to make sure that benefits for those folks do come back to this neighborhood because it's pretty easy to look around other parts of Madison to see where some of that money is being invested meaningfully to help the community. Not as much out here. So an example is the bus rapid transit network redesign. I'm interested and excited about the direction the city's going and making investments to allow fewer, uh, more options beyond car trips. We're looking at service reductions in this neighborhood, though. So that's something that I'm watching. I'm, I'm concerned about uh, the lack of through neighborhood routes now under the new redesign. We'll have um, routes that go around neighborhoods, but no longer through them, where I know a lot of people who live in those neighborhoods have you know used the bus as an option and now may have to walk up to a quarter of a mile to the nearest stop. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview. Yeah, thank you. I am very interested in learning. So this is something else that I would bring to this position because I have a lot of experience in human services policy and in using data to inform policy decisions, like I'd mentioned, but city government does all kinds of things. And I know that folks here in my neighborhood are the experts in some of the issues that they face. So some of that is rooted in the historical context behind how the corridors along Milwaukee Street and Cottage Grove Road are designed or in the planning process and items that the neighborhoods here got placed into the neighborhood plans when they were originally drafted back when. Um, the city's looking at changing how we are planning, uh, looking at more of a city geography model instead of a neighborhood-based model for city planning from now on. And I am eager to get into that process and see what those old plans had because I want to learn what the intent was and how the city has or has not followed through on some of those implementation goals to serve the neighborhoods over here in the east side. Um, I, yeah, I, I have a curiosity for all of these forms of public policy too. And so I want to bring that to this role um, and serve the residents of my district as best I can. Thank you. I want to thank Derek Field for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. I want to remind everyone that the primary election day is Tuesday, February 21st, and the general election is Tuesday, April 4th. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, thank you for joining us.